welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, and uh, back by popular demand, joining this week, Zelda Universe's Amanda Von Heil. Amanda, how are you doing? This is two weeks in a row. This is incredible. I'm doing good. I'm always happy to get to do more stuff with you guys. It was fun getting to do last week's podcast, so glad I get to join this week, especially because it's Star Fox. Yeah, I am absolutely jazzed about this. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of good feedback, actually, about last week's mm-hmm. episode. Um, it seems that a lot of people were really digging the uh, the Ocarina of Time Q&A, so that's really cool. Um, Allison is off this week. She's on assignment somewhere, but uh, she will return in the future. But, you know, as, as Amanda said, we have got some Star Fox to get into today. Um, Amanda, before we get going here, just for anybody that doesn't know, or anybody that missed last week's show, uh, where can people check you out on socials and uh, everything like that? Let's just get that stuff out of the way before we dive in. Okay, you can find me on several places. So my Twitter is Amanda Van Heil, and you can also find me on the Zelda Universe YouTube channel. I host Zelda News each week. I also stream on the Zelda Universe Twitch channel, and I stream on my, I have my own channel that I stream on. It's Panda Princessa. And it's just Panda Princess with an A at the end. And that's pretty much it. And then if you want to find like any of my acting clips, you can go to amanda.vanheil.com. There you go. And what a perfect plug because if you're listening to this episode and you're just like, man, I got to get me some Star Fox Adventures... Uh, rumor has it that that might be the game that you've been playing through lately. Absolutely, yeah. I've been playing Star Fox Adventures for the past week. I've been streaming it and just having so much fun with it. Especially like I'm play- now that I'm playing it older than when I was 17, I feel like I appreciate <laughs> it more now than I did when I was like a little 17-year-old playing it. Oh, man. Yeah, I so I picked up Star Fox Adventures. I, this is a long story short, but I, I used to have like a wicked GameCube collection. And when I was like 18... My apartment got broken into, and they stole all my GameCube games. Oh, no. And it was, like, it was super devastating. I'm not going to lie. But for years, I was just like, you know what? I, I need to get my GameCube games back. But I was always just like, ah, it's too expensive. But this year, I was just like, by God, I'm going to get my GameCube games back. So I went on kind of a mission here, and I bought all of the GameCube games that I had when I was a kid. And I've kind of been replaying it. So I've been replaying Mario Sunshine and Melee uh, Pikmin is up next, and of course, Star Fox Adventures. And um, Amanda, I guess we should give everybody kind of a little bit of a, a quick history lesson here, because there might be some people listening to this just saying, like, why the heck are we talking about a Star Fox game on a Zelda podcast? Um, so I'm I'm going to age myself here and say, like, I remember when this game came out. Do you have any memories of, like, when, when Star Fox Adventures was first hitting the scene? Oh, yes, definitely. I was in high school at the time when Star Fox Adventures came out and I got it. I'm going, oh, this is like a junior Zelda game, basically, just in space with foxes and dinosaurs. That's a junior Zelda is like the perfect way to put it, actually. It's like very much spot on. So here's here's a quick history lesson to, to everybody. We'll keep it brief. So back back in the day in the Super Nintendo N64 days, Rare was kind of Nintendo's um, ace up the sleeve. They were able to pump out like tons of awesome games when you know Nintendo didn't really have a lot of third party or even second party support. So the reason that Rare was able to pump out these games really quickly is because they took existing Nintendo engines and kind of based their own games off that. So for example, Diddy Kong Racing was was based on Mario Kart. Uh, Banjo Kazooie was was based on Mario sixty four, etc., etc. So Star Fox Adventures 
was actually based on Zelda Ocarina of Time's game engine. So it, they took basically the greatest game engine that ever was created and then slapped the Star Fox face on it. And I feel like this was kind of um, like an extra special game with extra special circumstances because if you remember, back at the time, th there was actually like a big breakup going on between Rare and Nintendo. Uh, Rare wanted Nintendo to basically buy out the rest of their of their stock and uh, Nintendo said no. And then, and then rare went to the competition over to Microsoft. Like, do, do you remember that? Cause I remember being a Nintendo fan back in the day and I was like, Oh God, no, not rare. Yeah. Because like, like all loss. the rare games, the rare games, they just, they all have something magical about them. And it just, it, it didn't, it wasn't there once it swapped over to Microsoft. I remember just being so disappointed. I'm like, Oh, we've, we've lost all the magic. Yeah. It, it was, it was tough. Cause like, I mean, literally, for a long time, Rare put Nintendo on its back and, like, carried them. I mean, like, Donkey Kong, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, like, Jet Force Gen, like, all these awesome games that they seem like, it's it's actually mind-boggling how they were able to pump out so many games and, like, really good games very quickly. Um, yeah, so, so losing Rare back in the day felt like it really was a blow. And, like, you know, hindsight being 2020 would kind of tell us that Rare never took off you know, on, on Xbox, but yeah, at the time it was, it was a really, it was a devastating blow. I remember being like really upset that I wouldn't get to play perfect dark zero on my GameCube or anything like that. Uh, so this, this kind of sticks out to me and I actually want your opinion on this, Amanda. I, okay. I feel like star Fox adventures kind of got a little bit of a bad rap from Nintendo fans just because they, at this point when this game was coming out, they knew that rare was leaving to Microsoft and I think that they kind of wanted to dislike this game in a certain way. Do you th do you think that that like that make any sense to you, or is that just kind of my weird theory? Yeah, I mean that makes sense, and it definitely got a lot of criticism, a lot of unnecessary criticism. I mean, yeah, the game is cheesy, and the voice acting is well. Let's just say it's there. That's, <laughs> that's going to be the nicest thing I can say about that. There are many times I'm playing it, going, "How am I not getting voice work right now?" And this happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is there is a lot of unnecessary criticism, and you know, originally it wasn't even going to be a Star Fox game, and it was going to be Dinosaur Planet. They just slept Star Fox on it, so I know that's where some of it came from as well, um, because it's not the Star Fox they expected. And yeah, I think a lot of it did just have to do with just the anger at this at the breakup you know it's as anytime there's a breakup you got to take sides and the custody uh, was with right. nintendo i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh you, you mentioned a great point there so this was originally like a totally different game and i think it was uh miyamoto that was just like nah make it a star fox game what what did you think of like back in the day when we're getting a star fox game but it's not in an r wing you're just you're on land what did, what did you think of that I thought it just felt really weird. I mean, I enjoyed it because I thought Crystal was really cool. Um, I just remember seeing her for the first time going, she looks so awesome. I want to be her <laughs> when I first saw the, like, the, the, I think, I feel like Nintendo sent, like, sent us one of those little CDs if you had, like, a Nintendo Power subscription. That was one of the ones where they sent you, like, a little CD-ROM you could pop into your computer and watch, like, their little promo video of, of what was coming out. And that was one that I remember seeing. Um, but, and I, I think that's why it, another reason why it didn't take off as well as it should have is it 
did not meet the expectations of being a space shooter. And so it was hitting a different demographic than it would. So, like, the Star Fox fans are expecting a space shooter, and then all of a sudden it's an action-adventure game, which appeals to a different demographic. Whatever, that's no big deal. And I think that's why it got a little some of the hate. It does feel weird. Um, I prefer my Star Fox on land, but at the same time, I like the lore and storytelling of Star Fox, so I'm I'm cool with it the way it is in, in Adventures. I like that concept better than what they did with Assault. That's fair. That's fair. That's actually, uh, that's a game that I've been running through as well. I, I played Star Fox Assault for like the first time since it came out. Um, yeah, it was definitely strange to see like Fox on land, but I think like in my mind, I, I was like kind of, um, I was set up to like this game beforehand because I knew that they used the Zelda formula. And like at that point, Zelda Ocarina of Time was my favorite game like ever. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, if, if they're going to steal, like they've stolen from the best. So I was like, I was actually really looking forward to Star Fox Adventures. And I, I might, this is going to be kind of blasphemous of me to say perhaps, but like, I'm going to go on record and say that I think that this is the best Star Fox game. I mean, I'm going to have to disagree there just because I love Star <laughs> Fox 64 so much. Um, but I mean, Star Fox Adventures, it's just, it's just fun and I like the, the, you get to know the characters a little better. That's kind of neat. Um, and I like that it's essentially a Zelda game. But, I mean, it's one of those, I feel like, if you're going for world-class gameplay, if, it definitely has that Ocarina of Time vibe to it because that's what it was taken off of. But if you're just going, you know, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, this is world-changing gaming or whatever. But if you're just going for fun and just appreciate it, like for what it is, Star Fox Adventures is a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, totally. You know, one thing that I think that uh, that some people soured on with rare games is like, um, especially with like Donkey Kong sixty four. I think is the culprit. A lot of people point to, but like they kind of they turn into like these kind of collectible uh, quest games more so than like adventure games and stuff like that, and. Um, this this kind of has a little bit of that i think it's it's a, it's like a rare game but it's a zelda game it's kind of a weird fusion of the two where like there is a lot of stuff that you collect in this game that stuck out to me while i was playing it um but yeah i something about just something about the more like i guess lengthy tenure of fox on foot like made me kind of appreciate it. i think i just like it the best because it's basically a zelda game and you know we'll we'll kind of talk some general star fox at the end of the episode here but um, I think that as good as Star Fox 64 is, and it's and it's awesome, um, this one was just like a, a totally different type of game. So I can appreciate what they were trying to do, like to get a newer fan base to play Star Fox that maybe wouldn't have. But I also don't know that they like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they didn't like market it properly enough in order to do that because they still kind of marketed it like a regular Star Fox game. So I feel like this was behind the hump from the moment that they announced it. And I'm not sure that time has been like too, too kind to Star Fox Adventures, but I really like it. I think it's one of the best Zelda clones that there is. And uh, I'm excited to to dive into this game today. Absolutely. Yeah. As far as Zelda clones go, it's, it's definitely the best because like if you've played a Zelda game, you can go through Star Fox Adventures and it's just like, oh, I know what to do. This is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
All right, well, let's let's talk about the game here. And the first thing that, that I noticed in 2020, I was playing this game, and I was like, this game looks really good. It, it Graphically, it looks, like, very impressive, which... Yeah, you can, like, see thinking. their fur. That's what I was, yeah. like, I thought was so cool. It's like, you can see the fur on, like, Fox and Crystal. I, they look great in this game. And I don't, I don't know why I was thinking that this was kind of a bad-looking game, but maybe it's just because it had been a while, but, like... Yeah, I fired it up and I was like, damn, this looks like fantastic. Yeah, it holds up really well. So, and, and I mean, that's a testament to to Rare. I think they always had generally pretty nice looking games. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This one, this one surprised me uh, with the quality of the graphics. Um, now, the the next thing that uh, <laughs> that everybody, I think, notices. And, and by the way, I just jotted down some notes while I was playing this game. So we're going to kind of jump around here. But the... The thing that you can notice almost immediately when you're playing this game, other than the graphics, is as Amanda pointed out earlier, it has got some quality voice acting <laughs> in this game. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's real quality. I I, I love the the genie dinosaur that the shopkeeper who like you know you try and change the price and is like no that's too low, <laughs> and I'm just. And then you got like Shrek, the Warpstone guy, and oh yes, and you know, I mean, that was definitely like a product of its time because that came out in what two thousand two, and Shrek came out mid two thousand one. So like, it's obvious that's kind of what they were going for. That either the actor just came up with like, hey, how about I do a Shrek voice for the Warpstone, or the people at Rare said, hey, can you do a Shrek voice? Because that's what we want for the Warpstone. Like, it was an obvious like take on shrek but you know it's it's still fun like you hear it you just start laughing i, I think my favorite is peppy because like every time he talks he's like oh hey fox i've downloaded the map oh call me if you need me and he sounds so ridiculous i, I don't know like the the voice acting is so awful that it's like kind of funny yeah it's kind of like, like zelda cdi games it's, it's right up there with those yeah you know what, actually, I want to give a shout-out to my boy Fox, because whoever did his voice actually was, like, pretty decent. Fox was I, I fantastic. Fox did a yeah. great job. And honestly, I think Tricky them. did. Tricky did, because Tricky was just obnoxious the whole time, and that's what they were going for. So, Tricky was yeah, all yeah, right. Okay, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. It, it's just, like, I don't know. I And I still don't know this about Star Fox games. This You could almost say this about any Star Fox game, but it's, like, are they going for... I think they have to be going for the kind of annoying vibe and like the cheesy vibe, right? Like there's no yeah. way that they can like record this voice acting and then they're just like, oh yeah, this is great. They have to be going for for that cheesy, awful vibe. I'm, yeah, right? I mean, for a game like Star Fox, you cannot take it seriously because it's a frog, a bird, a rabbit, and a fox <laughs> fighting an evil monkey. So <laughs> if you go too seriously with it, it's going to lose its charm. So the cheesiness does work really well. It's it's truly something to behold. And, and I'm actually going to, again, put myself out on a limb here and say, as bad as the voice acting is in Star Fox Adventures... I think that it's better than the voice acting in Star Fox Assault. I love at least Star Panther Fox Adventures is funny. Yeah, that's true. Pa I love Panther in Assault. I think he saved the voice acting in Assault, and Peppy, I think, did a good job. But the voice acting in 
in adventures is just so over the top that it fits the vibe of the game that I that I think it, it worked a little better. Um, Assault, they just took it too seriously. Uh, yeah, I agree. Assault, actually, Peppy was the one, maybe it's just because I've kind of like grown to love Peppy's ridiculous voice in adventures, but I was disappointed when I heard Peppy and he kind of sounded like semi-competent. I just yeah. wanted my like doofus Peppy back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that, you know, as it's one of those things that it's so bad that it's kind of good. It's like it's like when Sideshow Bob steps on all those rakes. It's not funny, and then it goes on for so long that it becomes funny again. Yeah. I think that that is Star Fox Adventures voice acting in a nutshell. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's it's just it, start, it starts off just like, what is this? Okay, this is actually pretty funny. Okay, this is pretty great. Now I want to go hear it again. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's something else. Uh, one thing that I think that Star Fox Adventures actually did uh, really well was the the world of uh, Dinosaur Planet. I yes. think that the I think it's a nice connected world. Um, it doesn't have fast travel though, which which kind of is a bummer because it sometimes it needs it, takes fa- you it a while. really needs fast travel. Like if they were to ever yeah. do like a remastered version, like a reboot, I really hope they would include fast travel because it needs it. Especially because you're going from like place to place uh, and, and visiting like the same places often. Yep. But you know that that kind of criticism aside, I think that the world that they built actually looks like it's pretty cool. It's got like a again a really nice looking world. Um, it's got a nice day and night cycle. And I love it's, the music uh, in it. The music of yeah. Dinosaur Planet. I love it. Like I always feel like I'm anytime I play it now. I always feel like I'm in the Pandora section at Animal Kingdom at Disney because it just kind of, it has that whole vibe to it. Just all the green lush and all the, the music and everything that's going on. I always, I always feel like I'm in Animal Kingdom when I'm at Dinosaur Planet. So it makes me extra happy there. I also like, I just really dig, and probably because I'm like 12 years old still, but I really dig like the dinosaurs of oh Dinosaur Oh my gosh, Planet, me too. You know? I love dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs so much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was really impressed with the world that they built. Um, you know, it's got, like, you kind of got your staples. You got, like, the snowy area. You got the beach area. Uh, you got your fire area. And, like, it, it fit together really nicely. And um, it's small. Like, it's not it's not too giant. So, like, you know, the lack of fast travel isn't awful, awful, because the world isn't, like, ginormous. So I, I actually kind of appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's when when I was playing this... Um, you know, back, back in the day, I guess, back in 2002, dual analog controls weren't really like the standard yet. And, uh, I was a little bit worried that the camera would be pretty wonky, but I actually thought that, you know, as far as a camera not having dual analog controls, this one was, was pretty good. Yeah, because you can line it up really easily. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, I was, I was expecting worse because like you play, like, I played Sunshine, and I think the camera's far worse in that game. Yeah, definitely. This one, the only time I get annoyed with the camera with this game is, like, how it will automatically lock on to an enemy. That gets kind of frustrating because maybe I'm trying to go for the enemy that's next to it rather than the one that it decided to lock on to, and then it's kind of hard to see what's going on. But otherwise, like, it's really easy to just to get the camera right behind you. You just, like, press that one button, and, and it straightens it all up for you. That's kind of actually, like, a good point. I wonder why they didn't just, like, copy the Zelda lock-on. Right. Like, I was expecting, like, typical Z-targeting, and instead it just takes it on. But I think it's just kind of like, that's why I call it kind of Junior Zelda, is it 
it it's a lot easier in that in that sense. It makes the combat a whole lot easier for a lot of people. Yeah, I think like the combat in this game is like pathetically easy. Like you just you just kind of button mash, and like if yeah. you're fighting like three dinosaurs, like the two of them will just kind of stand around doing hops while they wait for you to beat up the other dinosaur. It's pretty it's pretty junior Zelda. That's a good term that we're probably going to keep coming back to. Yeah, I mean, it's so the it's so simple and it's a really good one to like, you know, if you want to teach like a little kid how to play a Zelda game, get them started on Star Fox Adventures so they can at least kind of get an idea of like how the combat works and all that. And you know, if you don't want to think too hard and you don't want to deal with like the relentlessness of being taken on by a bunch of white bokoblins nonstop. Sometimes it's just kind of nice to be like, okay, I'm just going to take this guy out, take this guy out, take this guy out. And I just want to appreciate the world that I'm in right now. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm doing the master trials in Breath of the Wild right now. And oh, like, gosh. that's a far cry from, from Star Fox <laughs> oh, Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> fighting the sharp claws. Um, one thing that I think was pretty cool about Star Fox Adventures is like, you don't get, um, you don't get items like you do in Zelda, but you do get upgrades to your staff, or I guess crystal staff, which are actually like pretty cool. They kind of substitute in place of like the different items. They let you like boost up or like fire fireballs and stuff like that. I thought that the the gimmick of like the staff was actually like pretty cool in this game. It was it was good to see that like Fox just didn't go in with his blaster. Yeah, I like that too. Um, and it's it makes it a little more. It, it makes it easier to figure out like what attack you need to use rather than like an assault where you have like the blaster and you have like a million different types of ammo of like oh wait can't use that ammo on this person i have to use this ammo on this person let me find the ammo i like the the consistency of the different power-ups and how some, you'll get to a thing and you realize oh wait i can't go here because i don't have that power up yet let me remember this place because i'm probably going to need to come back here later once i get this correct power up Hmm. yeah um, tell me what you thought about the what they did with the C stick in this game. That so I have to, when I'm playing it now, I'm having to remind myself that it's not dual analog. So I catch myself like trying to turn the camera with the C stick, and then I just start moving the items around. Um, C stick. I mean, it's pretty simple because it's just you you go to where you need to go. You don't have to like pause, select, move it to this little section, and then you can always like set one of the the attacks on what is it on the staff um to whatever it is the x or y button i don't know what button it is they're always in different <laughs> orders the one that's on the left to it's to the left of the a and the b button that one you can always set like one of the like fire ice or whatever to that one um but yeah seasick works really well I, so like anyone that hasn't played this what they did is they have the seastick serve as kind of like a quick access to your menu. Although you actually don't even have a menu. So like the C stick is your menu, but like you can, you can flip it and you can assign, um, like Amanda was saying, you can assign like certain attacks to different buttons on it. It's kind of cool, but like it also, I was noticing it like when you, when you're in like your general collectibles and you have like 20 things, it take it takes you forever to find anything. I feel like yeah, because I have to remember which one it's in and the red one. I'm going, that's, okay, the red one's the one that has all the items. Let me go through it. And then I, like, pass over it, like, five times. And then I end up accidentally calling Tricky. <laughs> and 
<laughs> so yeah. that does take a few minutes, but it is it is very intuitive, and I do appreciate that. It's it's a kind of a cool, unique idea. I don't think that we ever saw it on like another GameCube game like that. This is the first and last time I I think that it was used, and like it's kind of neat, like because you can you can basically be looking at your menu on the fly. Like you can still be moving, but you can also be scrolling with your, you know, looking for whatever item you need. So it's like in a, in a weird sense, it's kind of dual analog, except the other analog stick doesn't really help you move at all. So it's, it's kind of funky, but I was, I was kind of digging it. It took a little bit of getting used to, but towards the end of the game, I was, you know, I, I was kind of like nodding in appreciation at this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty streamlined, and, you know, I like not having to just go, oh, crap, let me stop my game and swap <laughs> out items. So, yeah, it does help you, like, just kind of fly through when needed. Um, so, I also, I made this observation at the end of my playthrough in this game. There, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is, like, not a lick of side content in this game. You're pretty much just going from, like, point to point to point to point, and, like, you, you don't really get any any side quests like an ocarina of time where like you have the skulltulas or like anything like there there's there's really nothing in this game that i can think of that you know you you do above and beyond the main quest which which is kind of a bummer considering you know again they they stole from ocarina of time or majora's mask and i mean like good good lord majora's mask had like side content coming out the wazoo yeah, Majora's Mask was just all about the side content. The side content is what made that game. But that was one of the first things I noticed, especially on like my most recent playthrough of, of Star Fox Adventure since I've been playing it. I'm like, there, this is weird. There's no side quests. There's not like a, oh, if you collect all 100 of these, you get a special yeah. item or whatever. So that did feel weird. Um, it makes it where like I, f- I feel like... They put all the story together, and I feel like some of the quests within the gameplay itself would have been a side quest, like the mama bird, like, find my babies. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that would have been a side quest, and I feel like, oh, turn all the lanterns on in in this place because we can't make fire despite the fact that there's a fire weed right here that we can just toss over and there's also other torches that we could light these lanterns with i need you to do it that could have been a side quest also i think they just incorporated them all what would have been side quests just ended up incorporated within the primary gameplay yeah I, you know what? i want to talk about that actually because like <laughs> when when i'm playing this game i i was doing this and first of all it's just like you know, nobody can do anything. Like, you're right. Like, there's, there should be, these should be side quests or, like, part of your main story. But, like, I, when I was playing this, I was just like, good God. There is every gimmick under the sun present in this game. There are some missions where, like, you have to tap A to, like, uh, have a test of strength where you push someone into a hole. There are some missions where, like, you have to keep the the cursor in the center of a bar as like a, a test of fear. There are some missions where you're flying on a dinosaur's back. There are some missions where like you're, you're riding through a, a snowstorm. There's some, it's like, there is like every gimmick ever in this game. And like, I don't know if I think that that's kind of awesome or like kind of ridiculous. I actually still don't know where I fall on this, but like sometimes I was just like, like, good God, like, is it not enough just to like, have like the zelda formula like we need snow racing and we need dinosaur racing and like all this weird stuff 
I kind of like, though, the snow racing and all that because it kind of ties back to Diddy Kong racing, especially since Tricky is in it. So that's I feel like that was kind of like their, okay, let's bring it back to that. But I think the thing that gets the most on my nerves is just how you have to do that little space travel, get five rings to get to the next planet. And I feel like they just, and I mean, the same thing is like in Kingdom Hearts. So I feel like with that part was just included because they were going, oh crap, we've just made a Star Fox game and we didn't include any space shooting. What? How, how do we incorporate space shooting? Oh, you know what we should do? Make them do space shooting to get to each planet. That'll be perfect. What was that thing called in Kingdom Hearts? That little ship? It was the gummy ship. The gummy ship. Yeah. Chip oh, and Dale are my awful. absolute favorite. So like, I was kind of disappointed that that's what Chip and Dale did. God, the gummy ship. So, a side story here. My my PS2 games were also stolen back in the day, so I, I still haven't went and got Kingdom Hearts. It's been on my list to uh, to replay. But yeah, I you know what? I was going to ask you what your opinion of the, um, the R-Wing parts were, because I know that it's a criticism from a lot of people that they feel tacked on. So it seems like you kind of fall in that camp, right? Yeah, it just feels tacked on. It feels kind of unnecessary. Um because it's such a simple little quest like it just feels pointless like there's no real challenge to it and it's just go from point a to point b and you can shoot a few things it it just yeah it it feels very out of place from the rest of the game you know i i kind of agree and i kind of don't agree with that and like i I feel like i'm still trying to find where i stand on this but like i actually really like the arrowing parts themselves like it's it's fun and i'm just like oh this is sweet like classic star fox i like this it looks great it controls great um but on the flip side of that there's not really like any point to doing it uh like like you said like you kind of just it's it's too short to be challenging um it's very very straightforward and like it's I, I, I wouldn't say that it's tacked on because I think the idea itself was good. Like kind of using some of the classic Star Fox R-Wing segments to get to and fro. But there, I don't know, maybe it's just that it's too short that it feels a little bit weird. Or maybe it's just that you have to collect rings instead of like do something. You know what I mean? Like to get to another planet, like you have to navigate through here and like you need to land in this bunker or something like that. I, maybe that's what it is because I feel like the, the gimmick of just like flying through the rings is like, well, okay, like what do rings do, you know? Yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it as well. Is it just it's so short that it doesn't really seem to have any purpose. What I do wish they had done is go with oh sorry hiccups, drinking coke over here trying to get my blood sugar up. Um, <laughs> I so I wish they had kind of gone the route of like Hyrule Field or like the Great Sea where you traverse that through the R wing to get to where you need to go. So it creates that more open experience um of exploration rather than and you know you might need to like you were saying like okay land in this bunker so there's an actual little quest to get to each area instead of just okay flip it over i'll hit that one and then i ride in the r-wing for a minute shooting things and getting rings like it it needs more purpose to it maybe that's it yeah like I, I liked doing it, but it just didn't have any purpose. Um, it, it just felt like, I don't know, like, I, again, I, I liked doing it, but it's just like, okay, like, like, golden rings, I guess, like, maybe open the planet or something. Um, how do, and how do they explain that, too? I think the, the planet is breaking up or something like that, and then the, 
the shards of the planet are in space. So, I mean, like, there's a good enough reason for you to be traversing to these uh, these little segments of the planet through your R-Wing. But, yeah, it's something about it just feels, like, a little bit off. And there's no purpose. I guess I can't really put it better than that. It's also weird, too, how, like, there's a high score at the end. Like, it kind of encourages you to go back and, like, play it again and again. But, like, they're so short and they're not really challenging. So, it's like, why would you play it again? Uh, but on the flip side, they make you play it again every time that you need to go to the segment of the planet, which is kind of annoying. What's also annoying is, like, once you get all the rings that you need and you just don't really bother with getting any more, Slippy will still go, Fox, you missed a ring! And I'm going, yes, I know that, Slippy. I already have all the ones I need. I don't really care. Pretty much any time Slippy talks is annoying, Ugh, to be fair. Agreed. Shout out to my boy Slippy. He, he gets a bad rap, but, like, good, good God, he's annoying. Just please stop talking, um, Slippy. Just stop talking. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the plot of the game, kind of uh, as it is. So basically, the whole thing takes place on Dinosaur Planet. The evil General Scales. Had, let me see if I can get this right. General Scales has stolen the Krizoa spirits from the Krizoa Temple, which makes the planet like literally uh, pull apart from itself. And Crystal is uh, uh, trying to get the Krizoa spirits back, and then she's captured, so Fox has to do it in her stead. Um, so kind of kind of like a convoluted plot, but whatever. Uh, I think that it was cool. And I think that it was cool that like you start off actually playing as Crystal. Like, I yeah. thought that that was like... This is probably Star Fox Adventure's biggest legacy, actually, is the introdu- introduction of Crystal as a character to like the Star Fox canon. Yeah, I love Crystal. She's so great. And I like the the getting to play as Crystal at the beginning because then you get to know her a little bit better. And then mm. but it's I also love the really cheesy moment when when Fox like sees Crystal like in a crystal and he's and that plays like that cheesy saxophone music. Going, wow, yes. she's gorgeous. I love that. I just died laughing at that. Um, but you know, it's like Taking it to making it a Zelda game. I mean, General Scales is clearly Ganondorf, and the Krizoa spirits are the Triforce, and then you have to get the spell stones, which are essentially spiritual stones. Yeah, you you have to collect like a lot of stuff in this game, and like, but a lot of like quest stuff. Um, but dude, I I just want to say at the end of this game, when like Fox and Crystal are finally together, like the saxophone is blaring, and Fox <laughs> is all embarrassed. It was so funny and i don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not but it was it was awesome i loved it so much i really hope they were i'm sure they were going for funny because i'm just thinking of like can <laughs> i'm thinking of candy kong and donkey kong 64 how the, she was clearly based on like britney spears and they played like the the music there she had her little intro music also which was very similar to like when they see crystal so i, I guess they kind of went that route Oh man, yeah. It it's this is great stuff. And shout out to uh to Crystal's British accent too. I forgot that she had that. I was her accent was better in Adventures than in Assault. In Assault, I still cannot figure out what kind of accent it was supposed to be. Like, I get it was supposed to be British, but I've never heard a British accent sound quite like that and it was just kind of all over the place. I I think I would die on the hill that I think that Star Fox Adventures has better voice acting than Star Fox Assault. Maybe that's not a controversial take, but like when I was playing Assault, I was just like, this is this is truly dreadful. It's not bad enough to be awesome. It's just like 
so mediocre that it's it's just dreadful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I agree. So one of the things that Star Fox Adventures does uh, to rip off Zelda series is they give you a companion, and your companion in this game is a little triceratops named Tricky, and this this little dude will follow you around everywhere you go, um, which I actually I kind of like. It kind of relates. Like, you have this little buddy beside you the entire time. Um, I I kind of dig Tricky. I, I didn't think he was as annoying as I remembered him being. Uh, what did you think of, of the little prince here? He was annoying at first, and then just, like, as it went on, and he would just kind of hang out with me, and I'd see him just kind of laying down. Like, if I stop and I'm not doing anything because I got distracted just checking something else in the house, and I come back and I just see, sli- like, Slippy, Tricky, just kind of laying there, or when he's just walking around going, da-da-da. He's adorable. Like, yeah, he's annoying, but he's also just an annoying little kid, and I feel like I would miss him if he were to leave. Yeah, you, you could get a you can get a ball and you throw it around with him. It's very cute. And you know what? The little guy is pretty useful. Yes, actually. he is. So yeah. I think that's kind of why I like him. I'm going, okay, yeah. you're actually helping with this. So what does he have? He you can use your C stick and you can get him to um, to spit flames. Yep. Which lights stuff on fire. He can dig stuff up out of the ground. And, and then he can also be, be like kind of a, a weight thing, so you can say, "Hey, yeah. stand on this for me." Kind of like the he's essentially a little block. You just stay. You just go like slip or tricky. Stay, and then you go and do whatever. And then you can come back and then get up off of the block, so you can go through whatever room you need to. You know, yeah, I think it's because he was like he he wasn't intrusive. I don't feel like no, like, he, he didn't wasn't. Kind of, he doesn't ping you all the time like like Navi does and say like, hey, like you need to go here or here. Um, I, yeah, I liked the little guy, actually. Uh, one of my favorite parts of Star Fox Assault was actually when you go back to, to Dinosaur Planet and you see Tricky. And he's like, he's a teenager. Oh, I know. I loved that, too. I was like, it's Tricky. He's back. Oh, I thought that was adorable. And he's, like, grown so much. Instead of being, like, little tiny little Pomeranian size, he was... <laughs> Because, I mean, if fox, I mean, if that's a fox, that's got to be a tiny dinosaur. <laughs> you know, I um, I was actually kind of sad at the end of the game when uh, when Fox and Tricky parted ways. And, like, Fox gives him the little honorary Star Fox member badge and stuff like that. I, so I think that that's a that's like a good indication that you're that your companion worked well is like when you're sad to, to part ways with them. So I, yeah, shout out to tricky. They actually, they pulled it off. I think in a, in a pretty decent way as far as companions go. Cause like even in the Zelda series, it can be, they can be kind of hit or miss. Yep. Yeah. Some, some, some are more annoying than others. I'm looking at your skyward sword. <laughs> oh, you're, you're breaking my heart with that. Not skyward oh. sword. I like skyward uh, sword. I'm, I absolutely love skyward sword. I just, I'm not a fan of the companion. <laughs> Well, I'm looking at you, Midna. Oh, I love Midna. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's talk about general scales here. For actually, you know, what? before we talk about general scales, I'm gonna try and see if I can get this right. So there is a bunch of different tribes of dinosaurs on this planet. So there is the Lightfoots, which are like the Triceratops, right? Yes. And that's what Tricky's the prince of. Okay. Right. There's the Sharp Claws, which are the bad They're guys. They're the bad guys. They're like T Rexes. Um, there are Cloud Runners. Who are like pterodactyls, I think? Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're pterodactyl bird things. Yeah. And there's the Lightfoot tribe, which are 
I don't even know what these guys are. They're some kind of reptile dinosaur. Which ones were those? Because I know there's that Brontosaurus they... on Cape Claw. Oh, yeah. No, I, I forget what those guys are called. It was uh, just the, one the... big Brontosaurus. There weren't any more. It was just that one giant Brontosaurus. The Lightfoot are the guys that make you find all that stupid stuff in their walled city or in the in the misty city or whatever. I think they're like, uh, I think they're called Pachycephalosaurus. If my Jurassic Park is uh, oh is okay, I think I know what you're talking here. about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different dinosaur tribes going on here, and they all have weird accents. And they're they're pretty awesome, all of them. Um, but let's let's talk about general scales here for a second. What did, what did you think of this villain? And um, I'll, I'll ask you, I know you're not quite at the end yet, but do you, you know what happens at the end of the game, right? Pretty much, yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you think of that? Because um, I thought that it was kind of clumsy. So I honestly, I don't know the, the general scales part. I just know all the stuff with Fox and Crystal at the end because that was the only part that interested me when I was asking about it. So I'm not certain, um, but I just... I always found General Scales is just kind of lackluster. He never really... He's no Star Wolf. He's no, like... He's he's not as dramatic as the others. No, definitely not. I like the theatrical villains. So, the thing about General Scales... And cover your ears if you don't want to hear this spoiler. Oh, I don't really and, care if I hear it. Alright, so this is a spoiler for anyone listening. So, anyone listening, if you don't want to hear this, fast forward, like, two minutes. But, like, at the end of the game... You're, you finally have collected everything. You're about to throw down with General Scales, the villain of Dinosaur Planet, and you don't even get to fight him. You start the boss battle, and, like, immediately after, you, like, he, he just collapses and dies, and you're like, <laughs> what? It's, like, such a ridiculous bait and switch. And then you have to go fight Andros instead. Oh, my I thought gosh. That it, I thought it was, like, it was so lame. Like, you don't get to fight this guy. At least, like, you can fight him defeat him and then after andros comes and it's just like oh you suck you can fight me instead fox what why even introduce andros to this game like totally irrelevant to what's going on yeah it's uh you know i will say that it's it's pretty out of left field and it feels kind of (laughs) not it well it feels a little bit cheap but the actual fight with Andros, I think, is, like, awesome. And it's actually, it's really hard, and it's very classic Star Fox, because you're fighting him in the R-Wing, oh, and cool. uh, Falco shows up. It's it's pretty awesome, actually. Awesome. I'm excited to do that part. That'll be fun. It, it's it's a blast. And, like, you know, uh, probably the best part is, like, when, when all seems lost, you, your boy Falco comes in with the, with the last-minute save. It's good stuff. Cool. Yay. Because part of what me, what I enjoy about Star Fox is just like the relationships with all the different characters and the they they all have very strong personalities and I really appreciate that they went that far to develop these characters the way they did. Yes. Um, all right. So no Zelda clone is going to be complete without some Zelda dungeons inside of it here. So let's uh, let's talk about kind of the the dungeons a little bit here and actually before we get there let's talk about something that they just ripped right off from zelda which i kind of love and you know you know when link gets an item and he holds it above his head every time fox gets anything in this game he will have the little star fox jingle and he'll like he'll give his two arms and, and raise the roof and like 
It's the most ridiculous thing, and it happens so often that it's hilarious. I love this. Oh, yeah. I start cracking up every single time. And, like, as soon as he gets an item, I'll start singing the little Zelda song. And I do the same. <laughs> and anytime, like, oh, I need to light this little flame, I always do the do 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 do. Because that's what I expect to hear. Dude, Fox just looks so proud whenever he gets, like, he an is. item. He in this just game. looks so happy. <laughs> It's it's pretty awesome. Like if if nothing else, if if we haven't sold you on playing Star Fox Adventures, go and Google Fox's little victory fanfare because it's it's pretty awesome. Um, all right. So I had I had kind of an observation here, Amanda. Tell me what you think. Okay. I I feel like the temples bleed into each other too much in this game because there are the four like little rocks floating around the planet, and there's a temple on each of those, but after you get so basically this is the this is the sequence you have to do a temple and once you finish the temple you then have to go to a forest temple which is where you you put the item that you get from the temple into another temple and once you're done that temple you then need to go to the krizoa palace so it's kind of like three temples right in a row every time it feels like a a little bit much like they kind of just like blend into each other especially because like you're you're going to the same like, the second temple that you're going to, the forest temples, there's only two rather than four. Yeah, I definitely agree on that because it, it just seemed kind of pointless to just keep going to the same temples over and over. And it just, it it made it too long in those aspects. Like, I would, that's one of those things I just wish they would do, like, if they want to increase the game time, like, just add in some side quests or something rather than... Or make that kind of, like, a bonus thing to go to the other temples or something. But, yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, you get whatever it is. It's like, oh, nope, you're not done. Yeah, you got the spellstone. Oh, you have to go here. And then you have to go here. And then you have to go... Here. I'm going, oh, my gosh. Let me just... just I, I got what I needed. Why, why can't I just give you the stupid spellstone? Or give it, you the it, stupid spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Like... It, they didn't even have to add in extra stuff if they didn't want. What they could have just done is, like, changed the sequence of events. So let's say that you go to the first two temples and you get two spell stones, and then you just go to the forest temple once. And, like, you, instead of, like, breaking that in half, you just do the whole thing at once. I don't know yeah. why they just didn't do that. Yeah, I don't know either. It's very that strange. It would have made more sense. Like, I'm fine with going to them, but I think it's dumb to go multiple times to them when it's just like but wasn't i just here yeah it's uh it, it's very weird i think but um you know the the temples themselves i feel like are all like i think that they're all pretty decent like there's not really i don't think that there's a stinker in the bunch although maybe i shouldn't say that actually there is one that's kind of lame which we'll get to in a sec but so you start off at dark ice mines which is kind of like your intro dungeon um, I think that actually, I think that throughout the game, the boss fights in this aren't very good. Did, did any of the boss fights so far stick out to you or not really? Not really. They were really easy. I, I think like the best boss fight in this game is like at one point you fight a giant T-Rex, but like even, even that one's just kind of, it's okay. Um, nothing is like, nothing as far as bosses go really stand out, unfortunately, but, um, that, they're not bad. But so you you do dark ice mines, which is which is kind of neat. It's like a kind of like a volcano esque dungeon. And then you know you're off to the Force Point Temple, then Krizoa. 
Um, I thought that the Cloudrunner Fortress was also pretty good. You have to do some like stealth segments, and you can disguise yourself as a sharp claw. I thought I, that this was, was so probably cool. my favorite one, actually. Yeah, yeah I really it's liked like, that. And except I kept getting lost trying to find like the baby birds, and despite the fact uh, that it would show me exactly where it was, because I have no sense of direction whatsoever, both in games and in real life. But I did think that was a really cool <laughs> temple because I liked getting to put on the sharp claw thing and go through in disguise, and they're just like, oh. Hi, Fred. <laughs> I do, you know, I was I was kind of complaining about all the gimmicks that this game used earlier, but I do love the the like motorbike snow racing part of this. Yes. I think that that's it's pretty fun. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. That was so much fun. It kind of makes you think. You remember how there was that like rumored um, Star Fox racing game? Yes, I remember that. This this gives me like faith that that could actually be pretty cool if it ever happens. Yeah, I would love that. Um, so moving on, I actually maybe I'll I'll go back on what I just said um, about the the Cloud Runner Fortress being the best. I actually think the Walled City is the best. There's like there's some really cool puzzles. There's like giant T Rexes roaming everywhere, which is like so cool when you're finally on Dinosaur Planet and you're like you finally see the T Rexes walking around. I thought that this actually was like really cool. It's like kind of like this Japanese-esque setting. This I, now, now that I say it, I think that this is my my favorite part. Have you have you reached Walled City yet in your run-through? I have run through? not. I don't think so. I can't remember if I... Because I played it when I was like 17, but that was like around the same time that my TV was going out. So like, I didn't get to finish it. And so I can't remember if I made it that far or not in that playthrough. I know I got about either halfway to... to three quarters of the way through the game the first that, time i played it you're gonna have fun when you get there Yay. i think that this is the best part um ocean force temple which is like the second uh inner temple where you go after you beat the first temples i i actually didn't really love this on the first go around because like i don't know if it was just my tv but like I it's feel really like hard it to like, see what was happening there yeah yeah it's like it's hard to see anything and like I was I was stuck on puzzles but like not in a good way and like a bad way or I was just like oh I like I never would have saw this at all if I didn't like know it was there. Yeah, I had that same problem like I would see the different I would finally see like the little thing I'm supposed to shoot and going I did not I would not have seen that. Like I don't know how I managed to finally see it. It just took me just finally looking around. I was streaming it and I had people going, "Amanda, think of think Zelda." I'm going, "I am thinking Zelda. That's the problem. I'm thinking too Zelda and now I don't but I don't have the items that I need if this were a Zelda game." And then there was one part in it where like I was supposed to shoot like the flame to the orb. I knew that's what I needed to do and I did it. I did it many times, but it just was not recognizing that I was doing it. That's that's one yeah. of my real complaints about the game is a lot of times you can do whatever it is you're supposed to and it just doesn't it doesn't acknowledge that you did it because of where you're standing or something. So it took a while and I'm I had to finally just look it up. I'm like, what am I supposed to do to get out of here? And I'm like, so the same thing that I was doing. And so I just finally just shot it and shot it and shot it until finally it went through and it made the little bridge. Oh. I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't me because I was getting flustered in the Ocean Forest Point temple because I was just like, why isn't anything working here? Yeah, uh, it was just so yeah, a that, weird that design. I think it's just a weird design and not like it's, challenging yeah. design. I mean, it was like really simple things that you would be able to do. You just couldn't see like what to do because it was really hard to see anything. It's weird too because on the second trip there, 
Um, I, I jotted down actually that there were some like really cool puzzles and you know, it's been a couple weeks now. Now I can't remember what they are, but I remember the second time I had like a, a pretty good time, but the first time in the ocean forest point temple, I was just like, Oh man, this like, this sucks. Uh, this, this is probably the low point of temples to kind of counteract the high point of Cloudrunner fortress and the, the walled city. So yeah, that th- this was too bad. But I guess it did improve, so, you know, what can you say? Um, the last island, this is this is my least favorite kind of dungeon in this game. This is Dragon Rock, and, like, there are so many gimmicks that you have to do when you get here. You have to ride dinosaurs, and you have to, like, fire your staff and shoot out little bombs that are in the sky, and, like, it's terrible. And then, like, you have to do a boss fight of basically the same thing, where, like, you're riding on a dinosaur and, like, it almost feels like classic Star Fox in a sense, but nowhere near as cool because you're like, you're more, you're strictly on rails on this dinosaur, so like you can't even move around. All you can move is like your reticle to shoot. Uh, this this was kind of the, th- this was okay. This was okay. So yeah, you, you've got that to look forward to, I guess, pretty Yay. soon. So I mean, I, I look I forward to riding a dinosaur. I always look forward to riding a dinosaur. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like... Um, you know, it has, I think, like, on the whole, it has pretty, pretty decent dungeons. Um, there's, there's nothing that's, like, truly, truly awful. The Ocean Forest Point at times is, like, kind of frustrating, but I feel like that's kind of counteracted by some of the better dungeons in this game. It has, like, solid enough boss fights. I think that, you know, obviously they didn't, like, surpass any of the Zelda dungeons or anything like that, but, I like, they didn't embarrass themselves either. I, I feel like they're all, you know, pretty decent for what they are. Yeah, I thought they were really cool. Um, I mean, I think they did a great job with it. I mean, the only thing that I would complain about is just the poor visuals, I guess, when it came to the Ocean Force or the Ocean Temple, um, just because it was hard to see what was happening or where you needed to go. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it was it was obviously like Zelda style temples, and they they just weren't as elaborate, but they were fun, and I loved the the Cloud Walker. Yeah, that that was uh, that was a high point, I think. Um, the Krizoa Temple, I kind of like the idea of it, and you know, I'll actually I say I like the execution the execution of it as well because like that's one of those temples where like it's almost like um, the Temple of the Ocean King, where like you have to go back and like you can press a little bit deeper into it each time that you have a new Krizoa Spirit or a new Spellstone or whatever it is when you get there. Um, so yeah, I I liked that as kind of like your central temple. And right. it was also awesome every time your Scottish buddy kind of warped you over there. So that made it even better. But um, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, I thought that in terms of like how Star Fox Adventures basically copied Zelda. Like, I, I think that it did a good job. And I think that it also did, at least to me, like it did a good enough job of making Dinosaur Planet. Like you said, a game that really wasn't anything to do with Star Fox, and like making it feel Star Fox enough to me. in order to be like you know this is this is kind of uh, a mix of both of what i like about star fox but also what i like about zelda yeah and like sometimes i wonder what it would have been like had they created a completely new ip and done dinosaur planet with its own characters um but you know i do like seeing the star fox characters and just getting to know them more and it's a i mean it's essentially a zelda game and it's 
it's just fun. I mean, that's the best way to just I can just say it's just it's just fun. That's that's all there is. To, I mean, that's like as far as it goes. Sometimes it's just and that's and that's a great thing. I'm not saying it to be like, oh, there's nothing good about it. It's just, it's just kind of fun. Like, no, no, that's great. That's like what I wanted. It's just something fun. Yeah, totally. I, I think that like I often will say about Mario games, like they're just fun and yeah. you really can't. Like, if you're having a fun time playing, like, there's there's really no higher compliment you can give. You know, if you guys are listening to this and you are dying for some Zelda games that you maybe have never played, I would I would totally recommend Star Fox Adventures. Yes, it's cheesy. No, it's not going to reach the highs of, like, some of the best Zelda games. But, like, as, as a, you know, as a placeholder game, I think that it's really, really solid. Yeah, and if you've played Zelda games and you're familiar with them, there's not going to be any kind of learning curve. You'll know exactly how to control everything. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, the only downfall about this is uh, it's kind of hard to get, actually, because, like, you know, GameCube games aren't available anywhere else except for the GameCube. Hopefully that changes one day. But, um, you know, if, if you're going to play this, you need to find a copy of it on the GameCube and you need to find a GameCube or a Wii. So if you have all that, I, yeah, I would totally recommend going out of your way and playing Star Fox Adventures. Yeah, you can probably find like a used copy of it because that's what I had to do with Star Fox Assault is I just found a used copy and was able to get that shipped to me. But I already had my GameCube and I've, I mean, I've had the game, had Star Fox Adventures since I was like 17. So uh, yeah, go definitely go for it. Like if you have the ability to play it, definitely play it and just enjoy it. Especially, I mean, we're all stuck at home right now anyways. This would be a great time to play it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So if you're, if you're listening and as, as a Zelda fan and you know, you're listening for some inspired by Zelda stuff, which we've talked about with Star Fox adventures, this is pretty much the end of the show for you. But Amanda, I actually just kind of want to talk about Star Fox in general here for a second. Yeah. And, uh, and just hopefully, or hopefully you guys listening will, you know, won't mind some Star Fox talks in this, uh, Zelda podcast, but I guess I want to say like, what, like, what do you think is holding Star Fox back? Because it's like, it's it's so weird to me to see like you've you've had Star Fox sixty four, which everybody loves, everybody regards as like this incredible game, and it is. And I feel like ever since then they've been like chasing the dragon of Star Fox sixty four, but like never never able to like truly surpass that. You've had Assault, you've had Command, you've had Zero. Like, what what do you think is holding Star Fox back? It's, so with Zero, it's like it canceled everything out after 64, which doesn't make sense because the things that happened after 64 were great. And I think it's just, they're not wanting to continue. I feel like it's, it's a lack of continuing the story. It's It's almost like it's taking everything that happened aside from James dying, like it's taking everything that already happened and saying, um, this ha- that never happened. We're doing this now. And that's, that's really it. I mean, assault kind of continued or built on what Star Fox, um, adventures started and same kind of with command, but it's, I'm trying to place exactly what it is that's keeping it from moving forward like it should. And I think it's just not wanting to continue with the story or just Zelda has the benefit of 
it can be because of the timelines and all of that they can get away with having a completely new Zelda game because it's like oh it's a new link it's a new Zelda everything and so I think right. that that's one of the challenges is how they're going to continue the, the character development and what characters they want to bring back and if if they want to create any new ones so I think that is kind of what's keeping it is they just don't know what direction to go you know I I agree with that I think that that's actually right on the money I had two answers that I thought of when I was asking myself this question. Um, the first thing that I think is holding back Star Fox is the gimmicks that each game seems to have. So like with Assault, you had the gimmick of like, okay, well like you're flying, but you can also be on foot, but you can also be in the Landmaster. And I actually think that Assault had a, had good intentions and that's a good idea to, to be able to switch on the fly. But I think that that turned a lot of people off. You had Star Fox Command, which, like, had the gimmick of, like, you... And bear with me, because it's been a while. But, like, you had to draw forward how far you could go with the amount of fuel you had. And then you'd enter, like, a little battle arena, and you could fly around it there. And it wasn't quite, like, just a straight-up Star Fox game. And then you have Star Fox Zero, which is, like, you have your your Wii U pad. And, like, you have to, to aim or whatever on there. And, like... It, controlling it was way harder than it needed to be it seems like they just like can't get out of their own way in terms of like just like a, a simple Star Fox game and there you are like you're flying in space there's stuff to shoot there's interesting courses there there always has to be like this like this gimmick or something like this gameplay hook that I don't think anyone really asked for yeah I completely agree with that if they would try and go away from just the gimmicky stuff of it um, because I think with the biggest gimmick with 64 was just using the rumble pack so that doesn't affect the gameplay and the future gimmicks yeah. it hurt the gameplay because having to use the the stylus for command is I mean that's my same complaint with like spirit tracks is having to use the stylus to control anything and the whole like it's, it was overly saturated in assault of different choices to do things, but not like in a good way, not like in Breath of the Wild, where it's like, oh, you have the freedom to do whatever. It's just, oh, in this in this planet, you've got to go from on foot to, and you have to go from like on foot to the speeder to the R-wing. And it's like, you you don't like, you aren't in one, one playing it a certain way long enough to like, get the hang of it because as soon as you start to get the hang of it then it's like oh let me get off of my feet and get in the speeder or let me get off the speeder and get into the r-wing yeah it's just like i don't know i feel like it can't get a, out of its own way here um, i feel like another thing that has kind of hurt the Star Fox series or at least like maybe not with zero but like for sure with command is like you kind of mentioned it earlier the big draw of Star Fox is, like, seeing how that team works together. You know, like, Fox, Peppy, Slippy, Falco. Like, those are your guys, right? And Crystal's awesome. She's a great uh, introduction. But, like, you go to Star Fox Command, and there's, like, there's, like, so many characters in that game. You've got all of Star Wolf. You've got, like, Slippy's girlfriend. No. You've got um, Pepper is retired. so like, Peppy's not part of the team anymore. There's just like there's so many new faces in that game that for me I'm just like 
who are all these people? Why do they all have awful voice acting? Like, and then, you know, it had like so all many. the, it had like all the different endings as well. When I was playing, yeah. when I, so when I was playing Assault, the, everybody that was in the chat was telling me like the different endings of Command. I thought they were trolling me when they, because they sounded so ridiculous. And then I went online and just watched you. I just went on YouTube and looked at, and just looked up the endings and I just watched all of them. I'm going, oh my gosh, they, they weren't making this up oh my oh gosh this is terrible like who thought this was a good idea and the fact that you would have to play the game over and over just to get those just ugh. yeah if you haven't seen that go out of your way to youtube that it's seriously crazy. oh it, my gosh it's a long video too because there's like a million endings and they're hilarious oh my gosh they're they're so and like not meaningful meaning to be hilarious like you're just gonna laugh out of how terrible they are yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like there is, like, there's too much. Like, it's, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, I, I almost compare, like, the Star Fox team to, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because that's, like, the core four that you want to see, right? Yeah, and, like, yeah, that makes you got, sense. You got Pepper, who's, like, Splinter and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. It's, like, if there were, there, there's just, there's too much, I think, in Star Fox right now. And so, like, I kind of get what they were going for in Zero, like, taking it back to the basics. But, like... I feel like there's there's got to be a fine line somewhere that you can strike between like kind of honoring what you've done and like the the cool characters that you had but also keeping it simple you know this is about Star Fox versus Andros or Star Fox versus Star Wolf or like something like that and it's it's just it's very bogged down I think yeah I definitely agree on that this you know one other thought I actually had, tell me if you agree with this or not. Okay. I think that, that Star Fox has kind of, um, it's had a hard time transitioning from like the era where you would rent a video game for a weekend into the mm. era where like you, you just have to buy a video game. Cause like if I, if I was like my, let's say that right now I bought Star Fox 64, it just came out right now for the first time ever. And I played it and it was done in like, the first night I bought it, I would just be like, did I really just pay like full retail price for this like five hour game? And I know that it encourages you to like play over and over again. And like, that's kind of the point. Um, but I, I think that like when, when people buy games now, they expect a lot of content and you know, Star Fox is just an arcade game. Like it's meant to be played over and over for new high scores. And I think that it's kind of had trouble finding its footing in that kind of post rental world. I didn't even think of that, but that is a good point because you can play through all of Star Fox 64 in a day and then you're done. Um, and that is one of the benefits to Star Fox Adventures is it it was an adventure game. So it, there was plenty of gameplay and it, you just kept yeah. going through it um, and it wasn't just all like bundled together for no reason. And so, yeah, that definitely makes makes sense. So it's like it's like the series just needs to evolve a bit more and focus more on the the team working together and you know why they're on these missions instead of it just having a million different missions all thrown at them at the same time. Like have some side quests if you want to further the the character development. That would be great because I would love to see like side quests with Cat Monroe or something with like Star Wolf. I would like to see that like on the side to build upon what is already there. So have the core story with the four and then like on the sides you can go further with it. Totally because then it would give you a reason to like actually remember these people you know because like 
I, I feel like a lot of these characters are like so forgettable that it's just like, it's like, who are you? You know, like I remember Panther, I remember Wolf, but, and I remember Pigma, but I don't really remember any of the other guys from that team. And it's cause like they basically just show up, you shoot them and then they're gone. I would, I would love that actually to have like a little bit more depth to these characters. Um, you know, speaking of, I guess, did you ever play Star Fox 2? Like I the never Super played that, that one. Out? No, I didn't. That one introduced even more people to the Star Fox team. There's like, there's two new people and I can't remember their names now, but like it's a bunny and a fox. And uh, again, it's just like, it's like, God, there's like so many characters. Um, this is This is my pitch for how a cool Star Fox game could work. Tell me what you think of this. Okay. So I I pitch this. It's kind of like new Super Mario Bros. in a sense, where like there's an overworld map and you can have it in space and like you're kind of flying from place to place and like you're flying from level to level. So like you you start on level one and level one is like an R wing level and you can go through, you can shoot stuff, you you do your thing. Um, it's a let's say that it's like a Star Fox sixty four esque type of uh, a level. At the end of it, you're you're done. You can go to level two. Maybe level two will be another flying level, but then level three is like an on foot level. So like kind of like what Star Fox Assault was going for. Like you can you can do your on foot stuff and, and whatever. You can use weapons and, and whatever. And then in like maybe level level five, you can have like a landmaster kind of level or something like that. Like I, I feel like basically like I didn't actually hate the idea in Star Fox Adventures of like bite sized um wing levels because i feel like even even like the most lengthy star fox level is like still relatively contained so i feel like rope like 40 levels together and like kind of mix it up between like our wing on foot landmaster and maybe like that's your game and like you can have kind of secret levels like in mario world or whatever and you know you can have like um different branching paths if you want but like make them levels and like make them kind of more contained bite-sized levels. I don't know. What do, you, do you think that that sounds okay or do you think that sucks? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea because I like how they did with Star Fox 64. Is you, it was primarily R-Wing and then there were like a couple where like once you were underwater and then there were the two with the Landmaster. So it was it still offered the different types of, of playthrough, but it wasn't just all bunched up together like in like in assault so i i like how you were saying how it's you know do our wing on this level and then you know maybe you need to be on foot for this particular level but you're not just going back and forth between foot and and that was a thing that was the problem with like star fox zero is you went from our wing to being the little chicken because you'd turn into like that little you'd turn into this little chicken thing and walk around (laughs) like I don't know exactly how to describe it it's just you were a little chicken and you could walk around and that was just that just made it overly frustrating you you have the the chicken thing in Star Fox 2 as well and that's even worse because it's on the SNES and they have like they have this really weird makeshift dual analog that they, they they use the buttons to get you to turn it's it's actually pretty dreadful. It, oh, it did not age very well at all. But, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, I, I will give that game a shout-out, though. And maybe this is something that, like, a new Star Fox game could do as well. Is like, in Star Fox 2, you can play as whoever you want. So, like, you don't have to play as Fox. You can play as Falco. You can play as uh, Slippy or, like, whatever. Which I think that that would be kind of cool, too. Of Like, let's say maybe that you're on, like, your main path with Fox. But then, like, you can branch off and falco has to go do a mission or something like that and like maybe maybe he flies differently than fox or like something like that i think that that could be cool 
That would be really awesome. And then if they want it to be like a shorter game, then you can play it, like do different paths, kind of like, in, well, Fire Emblem is going to be crazy long, but there's still like the, the four different paths you can take where it's like, okay, I played through this long, this way. Okay, I'm going to play it again, but I'm going to play it as this character and th- these things happen. Um, but not 20 million different endings like in Command, like actually have some purpose to it. Yeah, you know what? Fire Emblem is a great example, actually, because I feel like, you could follow that formula where like, you know, you have the hub that you're in, you have a cutscene, and then you have your level. And like, you could do the same thing with Star Fox. And I think that that would actually work pretty decently. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I hope we see another Star Fox game soon. Um, it just feels like the last couple ones have been like, unfortunately, it's just like the last couple Star Fox games have bombed. So like, I don't know. I don't know if Nintendo's bringing it back anytime soon, or if they do, I could totally see it being like, you know, something radically different, like, you know, Star Fox Grand Prix, which was the the rumored racing game that we heard about forever, or like something something almost even akin to Star Fox Adventures Two, where like they have the they have the name, people know the name, but like they want to do something different with it to kind of shake the stink of the last couple Star Fox games off. I don't know. What do you what do you think is like the future of Star Fox? Oh gosh. Um I mean, I keep thinking that it would just be like, you know, a remaster of 64 or something like that. But I would just, I hope there is a future for Star Fox. Like, I just, I want it successful so we get even more. Um, My guess is if they continue with Star Fox would probably be to go maybe the 64 route again. Because they almost had it with Zero because it was a beautiful game. It was just impossible to control. And another thing they could do is do kind of like they do like with Mario games where you have like the open ones like Odyssey and Sunshine and 64. And then you have like the platform style. So, or you know, same with like with a Metroid, you either have the 3D Metroid or you have the, the 2D platform right. Metroid. Could do something like that where there's two different styles for it. So you have the more adventure kind or you have the classic R-Wing shooter. I would love that. You know, were you surprised that we never got a Star Fox Adventures 2? I was. I thought we would, like, get something to continue, like, what was happening. Yeah. I You know, I guess on one hand, I can understand it because, you know, Rare made the game and then Rare left. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I always thought that there was, like, some, some equity in Star Fox Adventures because, like, you know, the first one was received fairly well, even on, like, Rotten, uh, not Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Metacritic, that's the one. Even on Metacritic right now, it has, like, a pretty pretty good overall score i think that like i think there was room there to kind of build so i was i was surprised that they never went back to that actually and i know that some people kind of gave it flack for you know some of the reasons that we talked about earlier but like i don't know i i thought i thought they would make another and uh it's weird or i I guess i'm a little bit disappointed that they never did yeah i would have loved to have seen another and i think one of the reasons another one of the reasons why it didn't do as well is i my guess is fans just weren't really listening when they were announcing Star Fox Adventures and were expecting, like, another Star Fox 64, and that wasn't what they got, despite the fact that they may have been told, like, hey, this is an adventure game. This You're on foot. And then they play it, and it's like, no, this is an adventure game. You're on foot. Why am I not in the R-Wing? It's like, well, it's not supposed to be. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's uh, it's too bad. You know, I'm going to circle back to Star Fox Adventures. One thing I almost forgot to bring up about this game. It has one of the best commercials ever that Nintendo has ever done. It's so cool. If you have not seen this, you got to go out of your way to YouTube. It's got, like, some rock music. It's got, like, little... <laughs> It's got like little cubes, which are supposed to represent game cubes floating in space. It's got like a dinosaur head in one and the staff in one. It's like, it's good stuff. You got to go and check it out. I'm going to have to uh, go back and watch that. I feel awesome. like I saw it like forever ago, but I, it has been so long that I don't remember it. But I, I feel like I saw it. Oh, yeah. Give yourself uh, a refresher on that because it is, it's a no nonsense Nintendo commercial, which I love because oftentimes Nintendo commercials I feel like are a little bit too cutesy for their own good yeah yeah definitely so. well there there we go um do you have any I guess any parting uh thoughts or, or words that you want to throw on to uh to Star Fox Adventures or Star Fox as a series before we get on out of here you know just if you've not played Star Fox Adventures definitely play it if you've not played any Star Fox game definitely play it um they're just they're just great and uh, look up some of the lore between the characters if you really want to like get into it because I just I like to know like their connections with each other and everything and it just it makes it more fun once you know like I was reading everything in like the Star Fox 64 players guides about all the characters backstories and once I found all that out it just it made the game so much more enjoyable nailed it yeah nailed it uh, go YouTube the ending to Star Fox Command. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> uh, it's it's truly oh my gosh, something please, else. Please do. You will have you will laugh so hard. You will laugh so so hard. Yeah, or you might cry. One of the two. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for uh, for filling in for Allison this week and coming back to uh, to talk some Star Fox. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It was great talking with you again. Yeah, I, I had a blast. I've wanted to talk about Star Fox Adventures for like forever, and it seems like no one had played it. So I was like, I mean, as soon as we were done last week, I was I was ready to attack because I saw you streaming it. Yes. <laughs> hey, you awesome. want to talk about Star Fox? Of course I want to talk <laughs> about Star Fox. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I, I had a blast, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that hopefully we've convinced some people out there to, uh, to give Star Fox Adventures a go. Um, we are, we are going to get out of here. We're running long, but, uh, that's okay. This was an awesome episode. Um, be sure to, uh, to head on over to Twitter. Check us out. I am at Spateri316. Uh, Amanda's at Amanda Von Heil. Uh, and check us out over on iTunes, Spotify, you know, the drill, wherever you get your podcast. Like and subscribe to the Champions Cast. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you think that we have earned it. And most importantly, recommend us to a Zelda fan in your life. That is it. We are out of here. Uh, hopefully we get some Zelda news soon and we will be back next week to talk about the Champions Ballad. Until then.